You are listening to Get Real Podcast. The more that I look at the creation around me, the further I get from precious moments figurines and their theology, right? They <laughs> right. speak a certain theology. And it's a utopian, short-sighted, doesn't think that everything is messy as all get out. Glenn, it's messy. If anything rings true, it's that God will answer the cry of a, what do we call it? A noble agnostic. Gnostic. Okay. We're not it. We don't want you to be agnostic. We want you to see Christ as truth, right? We do as messed up as we are that none of the other stuff makes any sense with the revelations of logos that we've had. When I look at neo-Darwinism, I read, I listen and read all sorts of neo-Darwinistic things all the time. Neo-Darwinism is nonsense. It's not even logical that proteins are going to string themselves together. You know what I'm saying? I flipped a nickel one time in my life, and I flipped it, and it bounced, and it started to spin, and then somehow it stayed upright. It's only happened once. Whoa. It's only happened once in my life. But do I believe that I could do that 90 times and have them land on top of each other? That's like protein synthesis just happening. Right. Um, so you, there's a lot of good books. If you're into that sort of thing and you want to know some stuff, Dr. Stephen Meyer, The Signature in the Cell, Dr. Stephen Meyer, Darwin's Doubt will blow your mind. So riddle me this, Batman. Yes. With the neo-Darwinism, the whole idea that we came from the primordial soup as a little amoeba and evolved. Oh, that takes no faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes no faith because, so is that how elephants came about too, from the same primordial soup and all these creatures that we don't know about at the bottom of the ocean that are there that we have yet to discover and all these creatures that are still being discovered? Yeah, um, imagine uh, like the, the first elephant type creature that had a trunk. Do you really think the chicks dig that? <laughs> they were like, oh, look at all the, look at that freak with yeah, the weirdo looking thing on his face. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to date the freak. Yeah. Right. So they reproduced. I'm sorry. It no, didn't happen. It didn't, it didn't happen. So going back to seeking truth and, and to knocking, knocking on a door is a, what I would consider an aggressive act. Knocking on the door. Yeah. You could say it was aggressive. You could say it was hopeful. Hopeful that somebody would answer. You say it took faith. It takes faith to knock on the door. You have a hope of being responded to. Mm -hmm. And just like everything, it seems to, if you're in that situation where you're like, man, I can't stand this. I don't care what your life is like. I don't care what your lifestyle is like. I don't care who you're with, who you're hanging out with, what you do on a daily basis. But if you can't get this stuff off your mind, God's knocking at your door. Yes. And God's knocking at your door because he did something for you, and he's powerful enough to see that through. And I don't think that it's based off what you do. I no, think it's, it's based off what he, he did. did. Dude, fist bump. Fist bump, total fist bump. And here's something that I'd like to encourage our listeners with is once you think that you've hit the gold mine of truth. Oh, watch out, dude. Don't stop knocking. Because that's what you and I did for 12 to 13 years is we stopped knocking. Because if we kept knocking, we just took somebody's word about what truth was. Yeah, we it was blindly, a mixed bag. Was there was mixed, some pride was with some that. There was some pride with that. But, but keep knocking because what I've been discovering is that most of what we've learned and what we know about Scripture, what we know about Christ, what we know about God, 
is only the tip of the iceberg, and a lot of it is distorted. Most of what is presented as God and the gospel today, and I'm speaking for the United States of America, I know we've got listeners all over the world, what's presented today is a very distorted image of God. Let's go back to the messiness of salvation. A lot of churches, well, they're not doing it right. They didn't say the right prayer. They didn't say the sinner's prayer right, so they can't be saved. We have received the exclusive truth right exactly. now. And the exclusive truth means which day that you go to church. And if you do that, you're one of the club that's actually going to make it. No, this just in. We've received exclusive truth. You must speak in tongues each and every day or you're not going to make it. Okay, right. Oh, sorry. That's just changed. We've ex received exclusive truth. It's about sowing seed and doing that love gift, baby. So if you're not giving, you're not receiving, and you're not one of God's warriors, one of God's right. uh, uh, Navy SEALs, right? Exactly. I, I just, oh, it gets so weary. And I'm like, look. I'm a messed up human in a messed up world, <laughs> and I need a God that's more powerful than me to reach down and make something of me, and it's got to be better than me being able to demonstrate my free will by polishing the outside of the dang cup and trying to do some ritual that's approved with the groupthink that's on this block. But three blocks down, guess what? They got a different recipe of groupthink. And four blocks beyond that, they have a totally different recipe of groupthink. And I'm like, you know what? I need grace. And then you wonder why people get confused and want nothing to do with the gospel when it shows up. Fist bump. Oh, man, we are just... <clears throat> I don't know, Glenn. You know, it's, it's crazy because <laughs> this afternoon... <laughs> We're saying all the stuff yeah. that goes through people's heads. Yeah, exactly. It went through mine. It went through mine. And let's take a look at the messiness of salvation. I love this. The messiness of salvation and not being in, in the box. The noble agnosticism. This is something that you and I have talked about offline. Let's take a look at the Magi that followed the ooh, star to Bethlehem. Ooh, nice. Okay. Who, the Magi were... Babylonians. Babylonian magicians. And they sought the stars and followed the stars... Oh, and there's God's order. There's logos in the in creation, the, in the creation right there. Boom. So he gave them a up. revelation of logos that was viewable within that minute scope of the couple of millimeters that are above the ocean water of that iceberg. So they were able to see some stuff, observe something in creation, and the spirit of God moved upon them. And hear this for a minute. Magi, magicians. The Southern Baptist Convention today. Hopefully they weren't in Slytherin. <laughs> Gryffindor. Uh, <laughs> would kick them out. Think about that for a minute. Oh, dude. Would you say Baptist? <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. Convention. I grew up Baptist. Yeah. Okay, the Baptists would have kicked Jesus out oh, for making all that they wine at that party. <laughs> they would have. But think about it. it. It's messy, but they saw the logos. They saw the reason in creation. They saw the hand of God in creation. And it goes back to what I was just saying a minute ago. You're going to make some pit stops at some places sometimes on that journey to salvation that is not going to agree and line up with what the church believes and teaches today. Yeah. Most of it. Yeah. Yeah, because if you just don't have a revelation and you go and listen to some, you know, precious moments figurine spouting their their shallow pseudo theology i know where i'm gonna hear from stacy on that one um it's like it 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 doesn't answer the knowing heart the aching heart it doesn't answer the the, the thing of oh here i am um 
I am obsessed with eternity. Why? Because I have an appetite to live forever. Even though my dog died, the flowers die, my relatives die, everything dies. I know this, I'm an adult, but emotionally I can't deal with that because eternity is like embedded in my psyche for some reason, even though I can't imagine any sort of neo-Darwinistic attribute that would maintain that in my lineage. Why would I have some fantasy embedded within me? Nothing within my scope is eternal. Other than some rocks or looking at the moon, they've lasted longer than I have. They were here before I got here, but I I know that everything's going to pass away. Everything's going to pass away. So why do I have these things gnawing at my psyche? And I need God to answer those questions through revelation. And throughout history, it's been gnawing at man's psyche. Take a look. The Vikings. They all wanted to go where? Valhalla. 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 (laughs) Don't even give me that. We're going to segue with metal. I love Blind Guardian. Go ahead. Keep going. Valhalla is where they want to go to. I have not come across a pagan that doesn't want to go to a better place when they die. I have not come across a Wiccan that Logos. Logos. They want to go to the better place. And they need that. There's a desire. There's an aching. There's a yearning in there. All of it is pointing in the direction of the innocence and perfection that prevailed before the fall of man and creation, which we need to do that po- that podcast with Stacy about the devolution of mm-hmm. everything. Yes. Okay. Because when I look, Glenn, we cannot successfully survive on the earth without a symbiotic relationship with bacteria in our gut biome. Okay. It, it sounds nerdy, whatever. Um, you need bacteria to live inside you, okay? The same things that their cousins may infect you and try to kill you, right? The the mafiosos, right? <laughs> you got to stay away from those guys. But the good guys, we need them. How weird, stranger than fiction. That's We, we gravitate towards utopian fantasy. Mm-hmm. You think about it, Glenn. Imagine, okay, let me use one of those things. And what's that movie with the aliens where they have to go capture the aliens? Um, you know the one where, and then they they do the mind thing where they erase oh, your mind. Men in black. Men in, Men black. in black. Okay, let me erase your mind. Great documentary, by the way. I'm okay, <laughs> <laughs> every word of it is logos. It's absolutely. Um. So, but you know, they press that little thing and the flash of light, and then all of a sudden your mind is blank and you have no concept or memory of anything that happened. Imagine somebody did that to you with childbirth, and you didn't know what it was. You would think that it would be like the blossoming of a daisy, right? Mm -hmm. It's not. It's gross. It is. It's messy, dangerous. It's all those different things. How many things like that are in? Do you know that scientists, even though scientists, that is a loose term these days. Science science is, is forbidden in most scientific, in quote, circles. Anyway, but scientists... They think that, I think it's like 90-something percent of all the species that have ever been on Earth are wiped out already. Say that again? That 90, I want to say it's even 99 point something. I can't remember. But most of the scientific community, in their studies of what has been and what is left, okay? So the look at the fossil record, that's part of the logos, that's part of what we can observe, it's real, okay? 
in creation, they'll look at all those different pieces and parts, and then they have suggested that most of every single species that's ever lived, 99 point something of them are all gone. I think it was 99.5 of all those species are extinct. That's mind-blowing. They're already gone. So when I have to do this, Glenn, I have to disrupt my precious moments upbringing. No offense to my mom. My upbringing was good. But my spiritual upbringing, the theological stuff beyond when it got deeper, um, I have to go, you know what? I can know his power and his Godhead. I can I can receive part of that logos, okay, through observing with that noble heart, that honest heart, that, that an honest heart that really says, I want to know truth. I want to know, I, I really need to know, okay? When I look at things like that, I look at the weirdness of childbirth. I look at the weirdness of the, the earth geologically. I look at all this weird symbiotic relationship we have with bacteria. I look at um, the weird things of what animals do to each other. And it is a devolved, wicked, weird place. It's very sterile. It's not utopian. It's kind of angry and dark and 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 just weird, right? I, I've joked around about the Cambrian explosion, which mm-hmm. is very inspirational to me. It would be the only tattoo or the first tattoo that I would ever get if I got one. But it's like it disrupts neo-Darwinists and it challenges your typical churchgoer to go like, whoa, shallow sea, a couple of hundred million years of uh, looked like, you know, scary biker tattoos. And then they died out and all of them are gone. Right. right. It's weird. It's weird. And when I look at that, I'm like, okay, hold the phone. I'm not going to jump the next time that somebody's dishing out ethos and they're giving me, here's how you shine the outside of the cup. It's really simple. You want to please God, all you got to do is shine up this portion right here. Ooh, better do as I say. And they just keep you coming back for more. Oh, it's not quite shiny enough. Oh, it's not quite shiny enough. Oh, it's not quite shiny enough. Okay. And what I've noticed is in the sloppy chaos of what we're talking about, it's only the grace of God that is sufficient. And it's only a psyche that sits there and preps itself, really looking honestly at creation, not weak in faith of going like, this stuff is weird. It's whack. A platypus is whack to me in my fallen eye. So I'm always going to doubt my eye. I always have to lower that standard of me thinking, no, I got this. Why? Because I I see it and I observe it. You know, I got to back off that. I can't be prideful. But then at the same time, God is different than what the precious moments figurine people spelled out for me. He's more creative. He's more artistic. He's more beautiful. He's more passionate. He's uh, weirder without that, that, knowing that I have a, I mean, he's perfect. I'm fallen and redeemed, but when I look at the things of God and I'm like, whoa, this is wild. It's stranger than fiction. The first song that I will ever put out on this when I eventually release some of my music will be Orchid. And uh, remind me nice. of that because it's it's about the blossoming of the singularity and just maybe the you, whack. Maybe you've thought about this a little bit and maybe some of our listeners have thought about this a little bit. It blows my mind when I think about it is what is it going to be like on the day when we meet God face to face? It's going to be weird. Yeah. It's not going to be what we expected. Nothing that I've read in scripture post Voldemort's fun part has been what I would consider normal. 
it, it's very different. It's very strange. And I want to go back to what you were just talking about with Genesis for a minute, because Genesis chapter one, verses one and two is very strange. Just those two verses, because if you go back and you take a look at it, and I know we talked about this a long time ago when we were talking about the trilobites is that I believe based upon those scriptures that the earth is a lot older than what most fundamental Christians would say. What, yeah, what, what, totally. what do they say? What? 7,000 something years, Six, 6,000. I usually. would venture to say that it's a couple million years old based upon Genesis one and two. Because it talks about, and I did did a little study on it. Yeah, I I am totally not a young Earth creationist no, at all. Not, not and I, I don't even think it's scriptural. But I don't want to offend you. Hey, well, I don't I don't care that much. But if you do believe that, don't let it shake your faith. No, read it. No, and read it's it. it looks like a recreation. And that's exactly what it looks like. Genesis one and uh, one uh, verse two, and the Earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So we had chaos, and we're gonna. Talk about that in a little bit. Another translation uh, closely to what the Hebrew was, a little bit closer, was when the earth was wild and waste. Interesting. So if you take a look at the rabbinical commentaries of it in Genesis chapter 2, they say it describes God's bringing order out of chaos, logos, mm-hmm. not creation. Okay, So they're not saying that when the earth as we know it now was created, it was not out of nothing, there was already something there, and it was a reformation, it was a reforming, Yes, and there was light. So light came out of the darkness. What what do they call it? The gap theory? The gap theory. Okay, and and I subscribe to that. I, I, I think You're never going to find a modern chimpanzee fossil next to a woolly mammoth. It, it They don't find them normally, ever, or, or anything that was prehistoric or from that era. In other words, I believe that in that void with waters over the earth and the darkness, the dinosaurs were in the ground under that water. Yeah. So whatever was going on, age of the angels, all the people that made these weird monolithic stones and megalithic stones that are the foundations of most all the sacred places of worship all over the world, like pagan worship— if you look, it's the stuff built on top of it is chump change. Yeah. The stuff built under it are like things that we can't really move today. Okay. So if it was a bunch of Nephilim angels or whatever, just rocking out and having a party when God was running the timer and said, time's up, and he completely destroyed them. Destroyed it. That's what I believe. There was an age, kind of age of the angels. And I think even uh, archaeologically, you can see that. I've I've been to the Temple of the Moon, the P- Temple of the Sun, I've been to different uh, ruin sites, and I look at it, and it's even the Aztecs. They were like, uh, "We don't know who built it." No, <laughs> That's no, right. No, yeah, how did they? A lot of those people, the Mayans, were like, "Yeah, the, you mean the the city of the gods up there?" You know, Teotihuacan. Or it's like, yeah, that we didn't. Um, no, that wasn't us. You know, we don't know who did it. Okay, and usually they built on top of it. Okay, mm-hmm. but the things that were underneath it, even some of those Greek things that uh, the Greeks and the Romans built. The foundations for those things. Those were already there. They were already there. Okay. In Peru, it'll blow your mind on, on a, watch a few documentaries and they're like, they, we don't know how they got these stones together. And then you see what the other local tribes built on top of them and it's chump change. It's Legos. Legos. There we go. Logos and Legos. Yep. 
perfect Re- recurring theme. So what it comes down to is we don't know what happened on the earth before we wound up here. Yeah, we could be wrong. We, we, we could be totally wrong, but I do know this and looking ahead towards the future. This is a whole nother podcast. All, all these people are afraid about the world blowing up and earth being destroyed. Uh, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. It's going to be reformed and recreated and there will still be humans on the earth and who knows what else is going to be on the earth and who knows what's going to come after that and what's going to come after that pretty sure it gets burned and melted and recreated it gets right? recreated yeah. exactly it the, doesn't blow with up with fervent heat the yeah. dissolving of the elements in that first peter or peter but um no that's you know what with that thing people not only is conversion or somebody getting saved it can be messy you know you could have all these things of a new birth or even actual birth but people really want a fairy tale. They do want the truth of scripture, the truth of creation to be nice and neat. They want um, they want a precious moments story. Well, here, the little shepherd boy, precious moments. Everything was all like happy and the sheep came and jumped right into his lap. No, it didn't. The sheep bit him and then pooed on his <laughs> foot. <laughs> right it didn't happen the way it, it wasn't it wasn't that way and that makes people feel uncomfortable and oh my and then they get they get weak in their faith and they might stumble no you need to strengthen your faith by understanding something and i wouldn't be surprised if the shepherds were out there smoking some hookahs too. <laughs> you need to understand something that we strengthen your faith by knowing this what we've said and we're going to say it again is out of all this mess of what this podcast is We believe that if you cry out to God wanting revelation of logos, exactly, he will give it to you. Isn't that cool? That is cool. I don't know much of anything, but I've I've asked God. I remember asking God in college, even pre-cult. You know, if you hear us talk about Voldemort's fun park, we were both in a cult. It was whack. And we're out. And with that, we're like, we're not exactly predictable in what we'll do and not do, what we'll listen to, what we're at you know, moral questions and this. And we want you to know that I don't care what your morality is. I don't give a flying monkey ear. <laughs> That's clean enough. <laughs> that is clean. Safe okay. for work. That, safe that for was work. good. Safe for I, work. I can mark this podcast. Uh, this PG, is safe for work. Again. PG 11. <laughs> um, PG 4. Okay. About what you got going on. If this like is like, whoa, that's interesting. You you feel hope. You feel like, whoa, if there was a door, I might knock on that bad boy, right? Knocking on heaven's door. That's God. Because God likes messed up, screwed up, confused, angry. I don't care what you are. Okay, we've got this thing beaten into us by all these theological whack monsters. Stacy's gonna get me again. <laughs> that they tell you you gotta clean up and you gotta do good and you gotta do all this stuff and you gotta shine that bad boy up, shine it up, shine it up, and then report to Christ and he's gonna inspect you like a drill sergeant, and be like, No, you gotta shine that up some more, come back. No, that's what a cult leader will do to you, okay? And God is not a cult leader. But God did not spare his only son a bloody death on a cross, right? Poured his wrath upon him. So that you could work it out all all by your lonesome. You could just go up there and give your, you know, get your merit badge. You know, go for it like an Eagle Scout, right? And if I could summarize what Dan is saying is that salvation is not about getting it right. Yeah. It's not about getting it right. God is not this, this mean Bible thumper in the sky 
looking for you to get it right so that you can gain his favor and gain entrance into heaven by getting it right. It's actually about having it all wrong and realizing that you have it all wrong and crying out. Who would you consider to be one of the most successful Christians, most blessed Christians in in all of history? My mind goes to the Apostle Paul. Yeah, I'd say Paul. And think about the chaos. Like if he wanted to go to Rome, you know, he's going to have like nine uh, storms keeping him away from, from, from Italy, right? Mm-hmm. He'll have snakes. He'll have barbarians. He'll have everybody come again. He gets thrown in another jail. It sounds like quite the successful ministry. But it's it's like, think about how people judge. Hey, brother, how's your ministry doing? Well, I'm telling you what, we see 6,500 regular. You know, pastors go to these conferences. Yeah, we got about 12,500. We're starting on our new sanctuary. Right? Right. Right? I don't know what that noise is. Okay. It doesn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but think about it. Right. And think about what the real criteria, probably the the most successful Christian ever. They got. would judge him at this point in time, not knowing what they know now. At that point in time, they would have judged him a failure. Oh, well, your ship got wrecked. and Yeah, you should be more balanced. So what, uh, what, what kind of sin you got in your life? We well, you know what's cool. All of them, David, Paul, Solomon, Peter, you stop me. Stop me. Matthew, all of them were losers in their proper critique. If yes. you looked at it, they were all fallen. And and David, you're going to be ruling over me. No offense, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to like get put in a corner for you know 500 years. Or something he's going to be the earthly potentate, right? Yeah, and I'm right. like, yes, sir. You know, uh, you know, I can submit all that about Watchman Nee. I'll I'll read it then. Right. I'm not going to read it that. that uh, well, the spiritual authority book that he wrote was a lot of that is cultural context of his culture where it was very Eastern, very, was Eastern, very Eastern, very different. And then to try to do that over here in a Western culture, yeah, yeah. Western gun toting, no, I'm free as a bird doesn't doesn't work, doesn't work at all. So, if anybody has any questions or completely disagrees <laughs> with us or wants to tell us that we're full of it. <laughs> Let me give you our email address. It's lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com. And please uh, direct all derogatory comments to Dan. No. I don't, I don't want to know because that would be too chaotic. I need it to be just beautiful and utopian and, and precious momentsy. I need it to be like that. I need to report to the Zondervan's gift shop shelf and that's what my theology that's what my worldview that's what my psyche craves and that's what we're gonna do glenn no thank you been there no. done that the but... reality is it's sloppy and god's love is strong and his benevolence is is what does he and, say about it it's it's incredible and that's the thing about logos logos is real yes get logos sounds like a good idea for a new podcast but yeah, how do you get, get logos or or how do you then? Then the, you know what that brings? That brings up the whole Arminian Calvinistic. Is you know, it's almost like he's got to draw. He does. It starts with him. He does. You didn't sit there. there. You weren't a corpse, all like uh, wrapped up like Lazarus, and you said, "Oh, you know what? I just tapped myself on the shoulder and woke myself up and said, you know what? You need to unwrap these grave clothes and start doing good things, and then you can join the kingdom of heaven.'" No, no, it starts with a voice from without the tomb speaking something, 
It starts with a quickening that you're not in charge of. I believe that. I'm more of a Calvinist. I'm an optimistic Calvinist. I'm kind of changing somewhat. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I am, but I used to be very just happy that I was saved. And then I became a jaded quasi-Arminian. And then gradually I became like, dude, if God doesn't, if God's in a bad mood, you're dead and hellbound. He is. Yeah. When was it that you started thinking about God in your life? Um... Four or five. Um, I remember just totally just being like, because I would hear of God and I would be afraid of death or I would have different concepts. And um, I was kind of like that. I was quite precocious in the sense of thinking about, you know, bigger things and right off. I mean, almost immediately. I was pretty much the same way. And knowing what we know now about logos and how God works, God started moving on you when you were four or five years old. Wow. Yeah. Because those questions, okay, they're they're in there, but he's the one that moves upon that. Everybody has a mustard seed of faith on the inside. Yeah. A small little seed of faith. And it's God who activates that. Mm-hmm. And you followed it through in your questions and your pursuit for truth. And I did I did the same thing. When I was four or five, I remember bothering my mother, asking her, So what are we Jewish or are we Christian? What's the difference? How do you get to heaven? How do you you know, who goes to hell? Those were all questions that I had all throughout my life growing up. Yeah. Until I came to that point. And now I've got even bigger questions. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that was God working on you. You know, you could, you might could redefine or supplement the current definition of prayer by being brutally honest with God. Mm-hmm. Think that works? I think it does. I think it does. So it's all the um, dear father, holy, you know, any sort of pretense, any sorts of like thing. You can just go and be brutally honest at going like, God, I don't know. I just, you know, are you even there? It's like so many people, they'll start and go like, okay, I want to read all the world's religions, mm-hmm. right? And if we have Hindu friends out there, hey, we're not knocking you, but I don't believe that turtles and elephants hold the earth up. You don't either, you know? And if there's uh, friends that we have that are in the Muslim persuasion or in the Buddhist persuasion, whatever it is, the end result is there's not a whole lot that gives hope. Islam is submission. Mm -hmm. It's submission. You submit. You submit when you can have grace, when you can have the creator wanting to reach out and touch you with logos and bring you into new life to restore you to the order of what was in his mind before he created the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's hope. That is and hope. it fits the human psyche. It fits the whole, right? It does. There's a hole. It fits the whole. It's like a square peg and round hole and this and that. And you can do all of them. You can study Buddhism, which seems quite, there's no anecdote. It's not going to fix anything, but it's how inspiring is it to recognize that it's all suffering, right? That's miserable. It's no, all thanks. suffering. It's accurate. Oh, I it think. is. There, there, and there's truth in it. There's truth, but don't stop with those truths that you find in there. Exactly. Okay, we'd be lying to say that there's not truth in Buddhism. We'd be lying to say that there's not truth found in Islam. There is. Right. But it's not the end. Exactly. It's not the logos. Right. That's what I said earlier. It, pursue truth, 
Don't stop where you're at. Keep pushing. You know, I've said this before. I encourage if you're listening to us and you want to interact with God and you don't know how to do it, you might find it, I don't know, good or convenient, or I just think it's appropriate to address him as the maker of heaven and earth. Yes. There's some little thing, the creator, the creator, God that made all this, Mm -hmm. right? And not so much from a semantic, you know, or a, a syntax sort of thing, but more of just knowing that here I am, and there's this big fat question mark going like, where am I? How do I navigate this ocean? Where am I headed? All those questions that we had from very early age, that many of our listeners had from very early age, the many people that we're talking to that count themselves as, well, I've been a church core, I'm saved, I'm baptized, I'm this, but you've never gotten really down dirty on your own psyche and dealt with the fact of, what is this? Well, I walked the aisle and I did this and I filled out the card and I did this, uh, but really understanding, you know, um, have you received logos? Yes. You know, so yes. it's all about the logos. It's good. Wow. We've got a lot of material for future podcasts. We talked about logos today. We're going to eventually talk about chaos, which is the opposite of logos. Hmm. Talk about that. And then coming up in our next edition, we're going to take a look at some people's search for logos through some stuff that's coming out through some new albums. Excellent. So it's going to be some fun. Everybody, if you've got questions for Dan and I, there is no guarantee that we'll be able to answer them. How about that for a... <laughs> no, dude, that's horrible for our brand. No, We no have all guarantee. the answers, and as soon as we speak, the epiphanies will just They'll abound. They'll just come out. They, they will, will abound. But if you have a question about anything, we will try the best that we can. Please reach out to us at lithoscry at gmail.com. That's L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com. And if you've been moved by anything that we've talked about, share the podcast. Share share this. That's that's all that we ask. Share this with your friends. Share this with people that are questioning. Moved with nausea? <laughs> yeah, moved in, <laughs> moved in any no, way whatsoever. <laughs> hey, we, we're genuine with the, the, the heavy things that we express, but we also don't take ourselves that seriously. We're not we some can. grand poobah of spirituality. No. I, I, you know, it's like we work how many hours a week now? Oh my, I don't. You I know, don't, I don't count because there's an element of depression <laughs> when I do. But count. I think that keeps us humble and that keeps us real. Yeah, I guess so. I, I think it does because some of the more sweeter epiphanies that I've had of the Lord have been in the midst of just feeling like a total dirtbag when I'm working. <laughs> but Lord, if you would like to smite me with riches, please. <laughs> please, uh, please. But please reach out to us. Please, show, And we want to thank everybody that's listening to us worldwide. Uh, we, we appreciate you putting up with us. <laughs> and really Stacy, stop counting my weird words. I'm self-conscious. <laughs> All right, we love you guys. We love you guys. We will be back with another edition real soon. Legos. Legos. (laughs) Lego my ego.